0: Well, I have uh, a, couple of, a couple of unsound people, but the rest of them are sound. Uh, and thank God for the uh, praise and worship team. Uh, they did a tremendous job this morning and tonight. Thank you so much. All the singers and praisers. And wow, I just enjoyed it. I actually told them to sing my favorite song tonight. So they did. You, wanna you want to know which one? You don't care? All right, I don't care <laughs> Uh, well, my favorite song, or one of my favorite songs is, is the song that says, This is Amazing Grace. That's of my favorite song. Praise the Lord. Glad to have my darling wife with me this week. Amen. And she has been my darling wife for 47 years. And uh, is that right? 47 years? Almost 47? Oh, I thought it was almost 48. It feels kind of like 48. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord. Met her in Bible college and uh, used my faith and said I'm well able to possess the land. So that's how we got married. <laughs> Amen. And um, we're going to have a good time in the morning, 11 o'clock. So if there's any way you can get off work, come in the morning 11 o'clock. And then tomorrow night 7, then uh, trinna will have a wonderful ladies' meeting on Tuesday morning. And so that one's at 9.30, right? The ladies like to get up early in the morning. And uh, Trina can, right, preach and teach. And uh, so we look forward to all week long. And if you weren't here this morning, well, man, you just missed half your life. This morning was one of my favorite, favorite messages of all time. Uh, That's kind of what I saw from a few of you. Be careful. You don't want to throw out a muscle or something like that. <laughs> but one of my favorite messages of all time is to talk about your identification with Christ and who you are in Christ. And so um, actually Ann Hoover, her and her husband are on the Mark Hankins Ministries board. And um, um, she, uh, when I saw her immediately, I remember she used this book, this book, I think, The Power of Identification with Christ, Your Identification with Christ, she used that book and totally changed her life just from reading this book on identification of Christ. So that's kind of how we met, and she told her testimony. And so we see them show up in a lot of places, amen. And uh, so what a great blessing y'all are. But power of identification of Christ, so I remember your testimony. If you want to hear it, just ask her. But uh, you got to get the book, the power of identification of Christ. Actually, uh, Brother Kenneth Copeland just asked us to come on his program, And do five days of teaching on identification with Christ. So we just did that uh, just a couple of weeks ago. It will come on, I think, the second week of May is when it comes on. And so it's me and Trina and uh, Brother Copeland. We can really kind of call him uh, Dad Copeland now because he's, uh, wow, he's a sign and a wonder. He's been (laughs) preaching... For so many years and at what, 85 years old, 85, man, he shows up and we go through those programs, you know, in a two or three hours and, and he's just full of uh, energy, man. It's hard to get a word in edgewise. I have to take <laughs> over, I have to take over the program. So. Be quiet, brother. Cooper. No, i don't tell you. <laughs> Uh, but this is the book that we use, and so uh, we're going to be doing it again, actually, our third time. One of us on Spirit of Faith and this book, and uh, so I love Brother Copeland, man. If, y'all, uh, if you don't love him, that just means you don't know him man, because the more you know about him and Gloria, the whole Victory Network, uh, they called me when they first started the Victory Network and said, we want you on there every day. I said, well, how much is going to cost me? They said, we're going to put you on free. So, to this day, that's been, I don't know, maybe 10 years, 5 years, 8 years. I don't know. Time flies when you're having fun. So, uh, so we're on every day, get to preach to millions, millions of people every day all over the world. Amen. From Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. Anybody here watch the Victory Network? watch the Victory Network? Come on. Amen. God bless y'all. Wow. Isn't that amazing that you can just like turn that on and leave it on and you don't have to worry about what's going to come on next. Yeah. So thank God for Kenneth and Gloria, the whole Victory Network. And then we're also on Monday through Friday every morning on the Word Network. The Word Network. <laughs> so, on the Word Network is where the man, the pastor from New Jersey, pastor from New Jersey, watched me on the Word Network. And he said, wow. He said, I've never heard of you before. He said, that, that changed my life. So he said, I watch you every day, my whole staff my church. So he sent me uh, $100,000. <laughs> I said, well, that'll sure help pay the bill because it's 20000 a month just for the time. On the Word Network, and then it costs you to produce the program. So I said to the Lord, he "Said that'll take care of it, won't you?" I said, "Yes, sir." So He sent me another hundred thousand next month, sent me another hundred thousand the next month, <laughs> ended up sending me about a million dollars. And so, in uh, uh, to get the Word uh, distributed, you know, and to get the Word out, and to produce the programs and all the things that it takes. And so uh, He saw the Word Network, which is on every morning, uh, right now we're building a conference center. And we will be bringing in pastors and church leaders from a lot of other countries. They'll come in and stay for a week, and we'll teach and train them on their identification with Christ, who they are in Christ, the power of the blood, the blood covenant, their faith in God, how to live by faith, the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. We actually call it a glory barn. We call it a glory barn. That's because sometimes the fire hits that place, man, and it just goes wild. <laughs> and so, so you come to the glory barn sometime for one of those conferences in Alexandria, Louisiana. And uh, uh, we have um, been working on this glory barn for over a year, maybe two years. We've been working on the glory barn. And we're just a few weeks away from the completion of the glory barn, just so man, people are working to try to get it all finished up in the next few weeks, and uh, we've put I think um, 3.2 million dollars cash in the Glory Barn. We paid cash 3.2 million. Yeah. So we need about 200,000 more dollars to put in the sound systems, hundred thousand, put in TV lights, another hundred thousand. You know, we always say, "What's well, a hundred thousand among friends?" So, uh, so. So the money will come. It always comes in. Amen. So the money just been coming in for a couple of years. And so it's almost completed. And uh, so thank God for that. The offerings this week will go towards that conference center. We believe God for, wow! Well, come on, over $200,000. You say, well, wow, where's that going to come from? You know, my God shall supply all of our need. And he has a lot of ways of doing it. Amen. And this other guy I never met before in my life and started sending money to help in that project. So praise the Lord. Amen. So you got to get this book on identification with Christ, the power of identification with Christ. You're not who your mama made you. Come on, you're not who the past made you. You're not who your mistakes made you. Come on, you are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus. And so your identification with Christ. So you got to get the book. And then uh, if you can't read or you don't like to read, This is uh, three new messages on a man in Christ, on your identification with Christ, three brand new messages, and uh, just came out just a few days ago, and so these are CDs. So you can get the CDs, but if you don't have a CD player, just download the Mark Hankins Ministries app, just download the app, the app is free, and all these messages are on there, and they're all free. So you don't have to buy no CDs if you're smart enough to download the app. And if you're smart enough to push the app button, then the messages will come up and you can listen to it all free. So you don't have to buy a CD. But if you want to hold on to them with a CD player, this is called A Man in Christ. So I'm going to give you these all the stuff's half price while we're here. Give somebody that one on Who You Are in Christ. Anybody got a CD player still? Uh, (laughs) Amen. Not not many left so they're kind of going out but we still make them. Give that book to somebody. Please, Identification with Christ. And this is a brand new set. Believe it or not, Brand new set, four messages on mountain moving, giant killing faith. Could you believe after 50 years the Lord could still teach you stuff about moving mountains and killing giants? Well, he does. So give that to somebody. And this one is one of my favorite books. Oh, wow, it's called The Holy Spirit is a Genius. If you listen to him, he'll make you look smart. All right, let's try it again. The Holy Spirit is a genius. If you listen to him, he'll make you look smart. Anybody here want to look smart? Uh, There you go. Amen. Sorry about that. Uh, Praise the Lord. I thought it was a pretty good throw, though. But anyway. So let's play for the Dallas Cowboys. All right. It's called Love, the Secret to Success. Every wife is happy that their husband gets this book and reads it uh, every day. You can just read a chapter every day on the God kind of love. And it never fails. And if you want to win in life, this is your biggest challenge. Walk in the love of God and watch what God will do for you. You see the, le- the lady back there at the back. And this one is called Revolutionary Revelation, Ever Breakthrough in Faith. This is on the Ephesians 1 prayer. See somebody waving their hand back there. And I love the Ephesians 1 prayer. And this is Trent's book called God's Healing Word, How to Take the Word Like Medicine. I see our friends, the campers back there. Uh, they're, they're calling themselves the happy campers. I don't know if they have an RV or not, but anyway, they're laughing at campers. But the happy campers, they drove over two hours to come to the meetings here. And so this is God's healing word, how to take the word by prescription. Uh, the word will heal you if you will receive it appropriately or according to prescription. So give that to uh, the, the happy campers. They call themselves the happy campers. Praise the Lord. All right, y'all ready to give? Uh, let's see, open your Bible. We're going to read the scripture. If you're making out a check, he said we can make it to the church. All the offerings that go towards uh, Mark Hankins Ministries. Uh, if you already made out a check to Mark Hankins Ministries, that's fine. You can put that in there also. But if you're just now making out a check, make it to Mark Hankins Ministries. You can use an offering envelope. You can give by cash. You can give by or You can give by credit card. Hallelujah. Uh, you can just leave your car and hitchhike, and we'll sell your car. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, turn in your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 6, 1 Timothy chapter 6, and then we're going to give and expect supernatural results, amen? We thank you so much for your generous giving, and actually, Pastor uh, Greg and Glenn of this church is one of the best giving churches. I, I, I like to say they can, this church can outgive churches that are like uh, 5,000 people. So i, I, I you preach at a church of 5,000 people. I preached at, at a bunch of them. You preach church of 5,000 people and they give you a dishonorarium. Uh, but when you come here, uh, y'all actually do your best to really be a blessing. And so you always are a great, great blessing. Thank you so much. This pastor and his wife are amazing pastors. Uh, their heart, come on, their love for God. Amen. Their love for the church. Praise the Lord. I actually get to watch y'all on uh, Facebook Live sometimes. I was on the way to church tonight and it said, uh, your church, what's the name of this church? (laughs) One of of my favorite churches. (laughs) Anyway, it said it's live right now. I'm sure glad it ain't dead. So anyway, it's live right now. And this is a living church. But you know, they say a living church is a giving church. Aha. Uh, open your Bible to 1 Timothy 6. Let me read this scripture here. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17. And this is written by the Apostle Paul. But really, it's just really the Word of God, isn't it? Yeah. Really inspired by the Holy Spirit. So it's more than just, well, Paul wrote this. This is inspired by the Holy Spirit and instructed by the Holy Spirit. And he says in 1 Timothy six seventeen, charge them that are rich in this world. So he said, talk to the rich people. Amen. So, a lot of times people say, well, why are you talking to me? Well, all you have to do is study geography in the world, and you'll find out if you live in America, you are richer than 96% of the people in the world. All right, let's try that one more time. I said, you have more money, live better than 96% of the people in the whole world. If you don't believe it, man, we go to Africa, we preach in the poorest countries in the whole world. And Americans, we are blessed. People don't know how blessed we are. We are rich in America. Come on, compare it to the whole world. Yeah. So if he said to talk to the rich people, guess who I'm talking to? <clears throat> Look at the person next to you and say, he's talking to you right now. Yeah. So the rich, talk to the rich people. Amen. So what he's supposed to tell them, he says, 1 Timothy 6:17. 17, charge them that are rich in this world that they don't be high-minded what does it mean? Don't think you're better than other people because you got more money or you live better than other people. Yeah. Don't be high-minded. Don't be arrogant. Don't be full of pride. And he says, and do not trust in, what do you call it? Uncertain riches. Uncertain riches. He says, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Amen. Isn't that good to know? Yeah. That God actually wants us to enjoy life richly. You say, well, why would Americans enjoy life so richly? Because it's the number one country in the world that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ and distributes that gospel around the world. We are the number one country in the world that distributes the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. If that ever stops, we are in big trouble in America. Amen. Amen. And that's why Americans, that's why we have enjoyed so much freedom is because of Jesus. Amen. I said, it's because of the gospel. Amen. Amen. And it's on our watch right now to make sure it still happens.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: I said, it's on our watch right now to make sure it still happens for the next generation. So he says that God, he said, don't trust in your money. Don't trust in your money. But in the living God who gives us what? Richly all things to enjoy. So you don't have to feel bad about being rich. I'm rich. I don't feel bad. (laughs) Amen. He said God's the one that gives you what? Richly all things for what reason? Enjoy. Enjoy. Enjoy life, enjoy the blessings of the Lord. So he says, but you, uh, he's talking to the ministers here, and he's really talking to us believers. He said, talk to the rich people, and then he says in verse eighteen, tell them that they need to do good, do good works, because you are able to do that. Do something good to be a blessing. Amen. I got one grunt. Almost heard amen. <laughs> do do good, and I don't sit around and think about it. Do something good to be a blessing in our generation. Amen. He says, and they be rich in good works. Rich in good works. Wow, you should be known. Amen. We should be known for doing good works. Amen. And he says, ready to what? Distribute. Distribute. You say, well, all my money's tied up. Well, a good funeral will loose every bit of it. (laughs) You better lose some of that money and be ready to distribute. Amen. Amen? I'm ready to distribute. And then he says, willing to communicate. And then verse 19 he says, uh, when you're rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, verse 19, you lay up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. So he says, your generosity literally will go before you into eternity. Let's try that one more time. In other words, all of your giving is not just about this life. He said your generosity will go before you into eternity. Amen. All right, we'll try that one more time. Yeah, how many of y'all believe you have eternal life? He said your generosity will go before you and you lay hold on eternal life. Amen? So the uh, Message Bible says it this way. Uh, Charge those that are rich in this world and tell them to be rich in good works, and the message Bible says, tell them to be extravagantly generous. All right. Two more nods. I'm, I'm working on you. I got two nods or two more nods and one extra grunt this time. He said, so, so the, the pastor or the ministers have actually been instructed. They've been instructed to do what? Charge. Talk to the rich people. To be generous, not just generous, but to be extravagantly generous. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, Dad Hagan, a spiritual father to me and my wife, our family, for many years. And uh, he said, the Lord told him, I'm not opposed to my children being rich. But I am opposed to them being covetous. In other words, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. (laughs) And covetousness is trying to hold on to your money. Well, the way to break covetousness is simply generosity. In other words, you don't trust in your money, but your trust is in the living God who gives you richly all things to enjoy. So when you're a giver, you're demonstrating that your trust is not in your money, but it is in what? The living God. Amen? Amen. And so there's something about generosity that that Dad Hagen said it this way. He said uh, uh, actually a pastor friend of mine was talking to him and said if you were looking for a leader in your church if you're looking for somebody that's qualified for leadership what would be the number one quality you would look for in a leader? And Dad Hagen said, generous. He said, because someone who's not generous will shut down the move of the Spirit of God. Mm. All right, let's try this out because i got two more nods. In other words, (laughs) generous, he said, because someone who's not generous will shut down the move of the Spirit of God. In other words, your generosity does not just affect you financially, it affects you spiritually. Praise the Lord. Two more nods and a grunt. In other words, your (laughs) generosity, your giving, amen, is not just a financial thing, it turns into a spiritual thing. Praise the Lord, amen. Y'all don't shout me down because I'm preaching so good, amen. So he says, charge those that are rich in this world. So if someone was going to qualify for leadership, and you look at a lot of different qualifications, amen, all of us are qualified for fellowship, but not all of us are qualified for leadership. Let's try it one more time. In other words, we're qualified for fellowship with God because of the blood of Jesus as a free gift. But when it comes to leadership, there are certain qualifications for somebody to be a leader in the church. So if you're going to look for a leader, he said, I would look for somebody who's generous. And then here he uses the word extravagantly generous. Rich, ready to distribute. Wow. You ought to have, come on. The ministry, pastors, people in your life, that if they, if they ask them to describe you, that would be one of the first qualities that comes up, is they are a very generous person. All right, two more nods. I'm working on some of y'all. In other words, they're very generous. In other words, you don't want that on your tombstone. Here lies Stingy. Listen, and nobody cares. How much money you got. And nobody cares how spiritual you are. Nobody cares how holy you are if you're stingy. Come
1: on. Come on, that's right.
0: Somebody said, well, I'm saving up for my old age. Well, we just hope you make it to old age. In other <laughs> words, <laughs> I'm giving for my old age because I'm planning on giving on the way to old age, praise the Lord. <clears throat> so, extravagantly generous. Everybody say, Extravagantly generous. Praise the Lord. Praise so look at Isaiah 32, 8. Let me give you another scripture. Isaiah 32, 8. Uh, actually, the way you give affects the way you receive the word. Uh, I think I got another nod. I saw one. Uh, it affects the way you receive from God, actually, the way you give. Y'all found Isaiah 32, 8? Now, we have the King James Version here. It uses the word liberal. But for political reasons, we're going to change that. And so other translations and better translations say the generous. All right. So Isaiah 32, 8 says the generous. So other translations say the generous person plans to be generous. And by generous things shall he stand. Y'all stay with me here. In other words, he said your generosity will affect how you stand in a time of adversity. Another grunt, praise the Lord. Amen. I I usually stick with this until y'all get happy so you can see I might be here a while. So a generous person a generous person actually plans plans on it, enjoys it I don't know about you, but from the time I first surrendered my life to Jesus, really, to, to serve the Lord, that was one of the first things that I wanted to uh, pass that test of generosity. That's one of the first things I said, I want to pass that test. Because that area, God said, prove me now and see if I will not open. So I thought, I don't want to just preach it, I want to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not interested in giving myself broke. But I do believe I could give myself into increase. Yes. All right. So he says, by your generosity you will stand. So that's going to affect you not only financially, it will affect you spiritually. So go to Proverbs eleven twenty four. Proverbs eleven twenty four. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How many believe you can worship God in giving and you can actually worship God without singing? And I've heard some of y'all singing. You should thank God for that. So... <laughs> In other words, your giving <laughs> comes up like worship. Ooh, yes. Come on, in Philippians and in Acts chapter 10, the giving, generosity came up before God yep. like worship. Yep. Yes. Amen. So a lot of times I say, so I like the praise and worship is my favorite part. Well, we're still in that right now. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So if you're going to sing for 30, I'm going to receive the offering for 30. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Now look at Proverbs eleven twenty-four. I found out this was Thomas Edison, one of his favorite scriptures. He has a little book on prosperity, and this is one of his favorite scriptures. And it says this, Proverbs eleven twenty-four, There is a scatters and yet increases. There is a withholds more than is meat and it tends to poverty. And he says. The generous, the next verse verse twenty-four says, the liberal. See, so you gotta get that out of there, King James. The generous so shall be made fat, and he that waters others shall be watered himself. I right, go back to Proverbs 11, 24 real quickly here, because this scripture gave me trouble when I was a young man. It says there is that scatters and yet increases. There is that withholds more than is appropriate, and it tends to lack or to poverty. Well, I wanted to stay away from poverty. I don't know if any of you enjoy poverty, but I kind of like to stay away from poverty. Come on. Amen. Actually, God wants us to prosper. But I want, he said, he said, there is that withholds more than is appropriate, and it tends to what? Lack. Let's just say lack. lack. Right. Don't have enough. Never have enough. Right. Always struggling. He says, there is that withholds more than is appropriate, and they actually have lack. So I, I'm talking to the Lord about this, and my mind, I'm like, Lord, I don't understand that, because it seems like if I was to withhold more money, I would actually have more money. He said, if you withhold too much money, you'll actually have less money. Amen. All right, we're going to try that one more time. This is, this is a, a kingdom truth or spiritual reality, amen, because the whole world responds to generosity. Wow. Woo. In other words, everything God created, He created it to give. So, here's the way the Lord explained it to me. He said, lack does not come from money you don't have. Lack comes from money you do have you shouldn't have. I thought if I held on to my money tighter, I would have more money. He says, if you hold on to your money too tight, you're gonna have less money. Well, I decided I didn't want less. That's right. I wanted increase. So how am I gonna get the increase? There is that scatters and yet increases. Yeah. So he says it's just the opposite of way your brain would think. That actually one translation says one gives away and. One gives away and what? Increases Increases or has more. Another holds on to what he should give and has less. Praise the Lord. In other words, your generosity is not going to produce decrease. It's going to produce increase. All right, let me talk to the pastor over here because cause I do pastor seminars every year. Now, if the pastor can't get it, there ain't no chance the church is going to get it. <laughs> but if the pastor gets it, the whole church will get it. Amen. Amen. Because once a pastor gets it, because once I got it, come on, I'm pastoring when I'm pastoring for 20 years. Once I got that, I thought, whoo, I got it. Yeah. And so we as a whole church started giving. And we were given. we were actually bringing in our church, we were bringing in about, you know, $5,000 a week. And we went to $10,000 a week. And we were giving away 30% of everything that came in, into other ministries where we had received spiritual things. And we're given, amen. So I was able to, whoo. Well, we went to $10,000 a week. Then we went to $20,000 a week. Then we went to $30,000 a week. Then we went to $40,000 a week. Then we went to $50,000 a week. Then we went to $60,000 a week. Then we went to $70,000 a week. Whoop, and then we went to $80,000 a week. Then we went to 100000 a week. And we still go. Come on. <laughs> Are y'all still here? The proof of the pudding is in the eating. Come on, if I came here and said, I'm just broke, we all broke, we ain't got nothing, but I'm telling you to give. I said, Well, I don't get broke. I, I, in other words, he said, Your generosity can actually produce increase instead of decrease. So if the devil's ever saying, Don't you give, don't you give, you're giving too much, you say. Oh, you just trying to stop me, come on, from extravagant <laughs> generosity. Because when, when I hit extravagant generosity, glory to God, God gives me richly all things to enjoy. Oh, yes. Woo! Hallelujah. Which means you get free from the fear of lack. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Free from the fear of lack, free from the control of money. So I started looking up the words for extravagantly generous. Extravagantly generous. Do you know anybody like that? Yeah. Extravagantly generous. Huh? Yeah. It affects your whole lifestyle. Okay, let's see if we get extravagant. Extravagant means expensive. Costs too much, exceeding what is reasonable. (laughs) Come on, y'all sit with me here? In other words, your giving should be to the point that people say, that is unreasonable. You say, thank you for that. That's what brought me out of poverty and brought me into the blessing of the Lord is I got unreasonable. Well, people say, well, I am on a fixed income. I say, well, who fixed it? <laughs> is there anybody bigger than God? Come on. Is there anybody that can fix your income when you are a generous giver? There is nobody in this world that can fix your income. Whew. All right. Generosity. Extravagant. Unreasonable. Absurd. We checked in the hotel last night. There's a guy out there that does valet parking, helps with our luggage. So I gave him a $50 bill. I said, I used to do valet parking, but I'm blessed, and I want to bless you. We have been friends ever since. When I came back, I gave him another 20 Come on, then I just gave him another 20 and he's like, man. I said, what's the problem? I said, I'm extravagantly generous. Because usually you might get $2, $5, maybe $10. I gave him $50. What's that mean? Is there anything I can do for you while you are here? I am happy to do it for you.
1: Are y'all still here? Yes.
0: <laughs> we were in Colorado, and we came across this little hut, you know, where they make little hamburgers and, and French fries. And we found out that... Um, Marilyn Hickey's granddaughter worked in that little trailer just for the summertime. She was going to college. She worked in there. So we said, let's, let's go see what she does, maybe get a hamburger, and then let's really bless her. It's Marilyn Hickey's granddaughter. So she's in there working, and she's kind of sweating in there, working, making hamburgers. Then we found out that there was another young lady, her same age from the college, that her mom and dad were missionaries in Pakistan. I said, well, I know them. They know me. I know your mama. I know your grandma. I said, matter of fact, me and Trina just would like to bless y'all. So here's a $100. Here's you a $100. Oh, thank you. I said, I ain't finished. Here's you another 100 Here's you another 100 Oh! I said, I ain't finished. Here's you another hundred, and here's you another hundred. They ended up getting $750 each. They said, That's more than we got the whole summer working in this little trailer. <laughs> I said, Remember, God is a rewarder, and Jesus is Lord, and He knows where you're at. He's going to take care of you. Hallelujah. Whoa, come on now. Extravagantly Hallelujah. Hallelujah. chewed. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, practice that in your lifestyle. Come on. Doing something unexpectedly generous for somebody. Come on. I was at the Walmart the other day checking out, and the guy in front of me, he, he's trying to buy him a fan. It's so hot, you know, he's trying to buy a fan, and his credit card didn't work. And I'll tell you, he's embarrassed, you know. And his son was standing there, and he's embarrassed, so his son walked off. And he's there, and he, knows his credit card ain't working. He don't have no money. I said, hold it, sir. Let me take care of that for you. I said, I'm a Christian. I just want to bless you in the name of Jesus. Really? I said, oh, yeah. I got it. Take your fan home. Turn it on. Stretch out your legs, man, and get that cool air blowing up. <laughs> Are y'all still here? Come on. You'll have many times in your life where generosity, come on. Nobody wants to hear your witness if you'll stingy. All- <laughs> right. woo how much more, the scripture says, we should be generous with the household of faith. Man, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Extravagantly. Yeah, I told you this morning, I said my tax man said, you give too much. And I said, well, that's why I have too much. So this one says, exorbitant, excessive, Irrational, unreasonable, exceeding the limits, unrestrained, and outrageous. Don't look at anybody right now, but just say, I am extravagantly generous. (laughs) Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be great to receive an offering like this? Right in the middle of the rapture. (laughs) I mean, how many of you knew Jesus was coming back in the next five minutes? How many of you say, wait, honey, get out the checkbook. (laughs) I'm going to give my best seed I've ever given. (laughs) Come on, you can't use that stuff in heaven. You might as well be a giver. Amen. In other words, it's easy to be generous when you know this world is not your home. Woo, come on. Amen. You can bless your wife, bless your kids. Come on, bless your grandkids. You can be a blessing to the ministry, to every good work. You can give more than you've ever given and still have more than you've ever had. Woo! When you give and you act on the Word of God. Amen. Amen? Amen. And I see these young guys down here. Man, you have to teach generosity many times while people are younger. Let's see where the younger people are. Well, they're younger. Because my grandson named Gavin, he calls himself (laughs) G-Money. Gavin. Out of all the grandkids, eight grandkids, G-Money, Gavin. How old is Gavin now? 15. 15. He just turned 15. I can't believe it. Anyway, he's getting so big. So G-Money, he always has money. And his mama just had a birthday. On her birthday, he had saved up $600 of his money. And he gave it to his mama for her birthday. His mama, my daughter, his mama said, Gavin, don't, don't give me that money. You've, you've worked and you've saved up your money. You keep your money. I don't want, he said, I want you to have it. G money. So I went up there a couple of days later and I said, G money, come here. I got $600 in my wallet. I said, see that? There's more where that came from. So I gave him the $600 back. You don't think God can arrange your money coming back to you, amen, when you're a generous giver? Come on. <laughs> Come on. He he's trying to save up money for a car. I said, boy, you ain't gonna get a very nice car for six hundred dollars. You better sell that. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 Woo! All right, y'all ready to give? How many like to how many like to work on that extravagantly generous a little bit? Amen, I not just tonight. I'm talking about for the rest of your life. Amen? Just work on it a little bit. I'd sure like to be more generous. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You don't want somebody valuable in your life to pass away and you think, I wish I'd have been more generous. The Bible says when you have this kind of opportunity, you do good and you bless. Trina's mom just passed away, went to be with the Lord. Her and I had a hard time getting along. My mother-in-law, you know, we first got married, me and my mother-in-law were like, she's kind of a strong-willed mother-in-law. And I'm kind of a strong-willed son-in-law. <laughs> I'm just like, you don't like it? I'm going to give you a double dose of it if you don't like it. <laughs> so we didn't get along that well at first. But I decided I needed to kind of understand her perspective. And so I got to where I could understand her a little bit better, right? She got to where she could understand, she she could understand me. And so I kind of helped her understand me. Yeah, she loved me later on. But anyway, because she loved me. <laughs> but I found out, how could I bless my mother-in-law? So we, we bought her a brand new car. Man, wow, she wore that out. So then we bought her a new truck. She saw my truck, the steps drop down. She said, I don't, my truck don't, steps don't drop down. I said, well, let's go, let's go get you one. And then she said, uh, I need some furniture. We bought her the furniture. Huh? We bought her the furniture. Then, then the four-wheeler that her daddy wanted, a four-wheeler, so he could get the snow off the driveway. I said, well, let's just go get one. You understand that? So, so that generosity, and, and we became very close. How I many know generosity can make friends? Hallelujah. And we began. She said, right, You give me a hug every time I come home. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I love you, Mark. All right. So, y'all ready to give? Praise the Lord. Let me pray with you. Father God, thank you for your extravagant generosity that you gave us Jesus. You gave us your only son, and he gave his life, and he gave us eternal life. We thank you, Lord, you've given us your Holy Spirit. You've given us your Word. Thank you, Lord, for your extravagant generosity. And your generosity runs in our family. We belong to the family of God. Many areas of our life that we can be generous and be a blessing to others. As we give, uh, we thank you that your Word can grow and multiply in places that we've never been in our lives. But the Word of God, the Gospel of Christ will go out to people as we sow, as we give generously. You said we'll actually increase and we will not decrease. We thank you for that kind of giving. In Jesus' name, everybody shout amen. Amen. Woo! God bless you as you give. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Did y'all ever hear the story about that lady in my dad's church? I grew up in South Texas and it's a little town of uh, 3,000 people. And it's such a little town, they only had one traffic light in town. And uh, they had to put a mirror at the end of town to make it look bigger. And so it's a little town. They said it's such a little town that uh, Yellow Pages only had one page. It's such a little town that they had a beauty contest and nobody won. So it was a little town. And it's such a little town, when I was 12 years old, I rode my horse around town and delivered grit newspapers. So I delivered papers, riding my horse around town, tied up at the barbershop. And so I'd ride around West Columbia, Texas. Well, it's a close family in the church. My dad's church started off with about 10 or 20 people, and it grew to over 2,000 people. So it was only 3,000 people in town. My dad had 2,000 people in his church. Hmm. So you get to know everybody in town, Right. And so when I' go back into town, now my younger brother's the pastor, so I'd go back into town. and when I'd go back into town, then uh, see some of the old people, old neighborhoods where we used to live. And uh, we bought our first house in that little town. And then there's a family in town that the grandma and the mama, they had all been in the church for years. So I stopped by the house where they lived, which was an older wooden frame house and a little wooden porch. And I stopped by the house and uh, their name was uh, Evans, Sister Evans. If you ever heard me tell the story about the woman who when she talked in tongues, she had false teeth and her teeth would kind of click and clack together. That was her mama. So if you didn't have the interpretation, if you knew Morse code, you could figure out what (laughs) the Holy Ghost was saying. So I stopped by there and she was a, a single mother and she had two daughters and they're all Rather, rather uh, extra large. (laughs) And so they didn't have very good education, so they all worked for minimum wage. So I stopped by to invite them to church. I said, I'm going to be preaching at my dad's church, so I'd like for you to come. So when I stopped by there, uh, I said, how are y'all doing? And the two girls answered, and they said, we're not doing very good. I said, what's the matter? They said, well, Mama is three months behind on her car payment. And she's going to lose her car. They're coming to repossess it. I said, really? So the mom came out of the back bedroom. How are you doing? Preaching at church. Why don't you come? Uh, fixing to lose my car. I said, well, how, how much is your payment? She said, it's $300 a month. I said, you three months behind? Yeah. So I just pulled out my wallet. And I said, I, I've got a $900 right here. And that ought to catch you up. So I just gave her $900. Well, they started getting happy. This is happy." I said, I hope to see you at church tonight. And so I walked out the door. When I walked out the door, I could hear them in the house jumping. And they're all kind of heavy. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a frame house. So it's kind of it's vibrating. You know, whompa, whompa, they're jumping up and down, up and down. And, and while they're jumping up and down, I heard one of the daughters say to the mama, Mama, I told you the Lord would do it for you. I told you the Lord would do it for you. I got in my car. I said, thank you, Lord, for letting me do it for them. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me enough that I could take care of that for them. Did you know God wants to bless you enough that you can just take care of some other stuff for some people? Hallelujah. Amen. Come on. Extravagantly generous. Amen.
1: Yes. Praise the Lord.
0: Woo, practice that, man. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, long after that, somebody gave me a $150, $100 bills. They said, that, you, you want some $100 bills?" I said, well, I give them away all the time. So they gave me 150 of them. Somebody said, well, I wish that happened to me. I said, well, if wishing, hoping, fruits, and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. In other words, it don't happen by wishing, but it sure happens by sowing. I said, it sure happened by sowing. Amen. Amen. Well, give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You always take care of us in grand style. Oh, man. Trina, you want to sing and preach and prophesy, whatever you want to do, come up here and make yourself at home. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
2: Get up on your feet, y'all. Been sitting, been such a good congregation. Now I'm looking at your faces. Hello there. All right, turn around and shake somebody's hand. Say Hi. Man, it's so good to see y'all. Hallelujah. Woo! Everybody say hallelujah. 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 <laughs> say, I have the faith of God. Faith. Whoa, look at your neighbor and say, I got God's faith. Woo! Amen. We're saved by grace through faith. And God gave you the faith. When you hear the gospel, when you hear the word, faith comes. Amen. Praise God. And Jesus said, Mark 11, 22, what's it say? This is a test. Have faith in God. And one translation says, have the God kind of faith. Amen. What kind of faith is that? You believe and you speak. I think y'all are well taught. Praise God. But our faith is not going to stay small. We're going to go from faith to faith so that means there's an increase of knowledge you got to know more amen and there's an increase of acting and the first act of faith is believe and say speak look at your neighbor say speak (laughs) amen praise God so I believe this week and tonight you're going to go to a new hello there I just saw who you were Jacob Good to see you, and that's your son. Man, how many visitors? Wave your hands. I'm just, wow. Oh, hello. Keep, keep them up. Yeah, we knew Jacob. He was best friends with my little boy. Yeah, I know. Over in Virginia, Virginia Beach area. Is that right? And, pretty's where are you from? Yes. And where are y'all from? Praise God. We got, we got people from here and there and everywhere. I, I, on the way in, I said, Pastor uh, Glenna, we are having people coming from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Amen. Praise God. Everybody give a big shout. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Amen. So our life, even right this moment, is lived by the faith of God. Amen. So, is faith important? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. And faith is based on the word of God. Hallelujah. I believe you're going to go to a new level tonight. Amen. Christ has strengthened you. Your faith is contagious. Woo!
0: You can do all things through Christ. Woo! Man, wasn't that good? Wow. Praise the Lord. Wow. You can be seated if you want to. Praise the Lord. Wow. Say that backwards. Wow. Glory to God. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Tonight we're going to talk about the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith. And I was teaching, preaching on faith in our church in Louisiana years ago. And I had a, a Cajun guy come in. From the swamp, apparently. And he said, That makes me want to grab a cornstalk, swing out over hell, and spit in the devil's eye. I said, Well, I've never heard it said that way, but I kind of know how you feel. That makes me want to grab a cornstalk, swing out over hell, and spit in the devil's eye. How many of y'all get some spit ready right now? So I'm getting some spit ready. In other words, everything the devil said you can't do and everything he said can't happen, you say, I'm fixing to spit in your eye right now. Amen? (laughs) So 2 Corinthians four thirteen, if you have your Bible, Paul, the apostle Paul says, we having the same spirit of faith. If you ask Paul what is it that you have that keeps you from collapsing, keeps you from quitting, Paul said, let me tell you what we have. He says, we have the same spirit of faith. When he said we have the same spirit of faith, he's really quoting from the psalmist David. So he's really saying we have the same spirit of faith, same thing that David had. We have the same giant killing faith. Then he gives you the main ingredients in the spirit of faith. He said, I believe and therefore have I spoken. He said, we also believe and therefore speak. So David said the spirit of faith works By simply two things. Number one, I believe. I believe God or I'm a believer. I believe. Second thing is I speak. I believe and I speak. So the spirit of faith must have two ingredients. I believe and I speak. Or you could say it this way. There is no such thing as silent faith. Come on, you're going to have to make some noise. There is no such thing as silent faith that when I believe God for my faith to function... I must believe, and I must also speak. Uh, Dad Hagen is really the one that taught us about faith, came to my dad's church when I was eight years old, and he would stay for two or three weeks at a time. I didn't start paying attention until I was 17. And he, would ca- he came, and the Lord had told him to go teach my people faith, go teach my people faith. Actually, said the Lord told him, don't preach on it. Teach or explain how faith works. So, Dad Hagin said, I told the Lord that won't work. He said, but I found out it did work. So, for 65 years, he would teach my people faith or teach on the subject of faith. And so, uh, when he would teach on faith, he would make it so simple, you need a theologian to get confused about it. Amen. It is necessary to have a spirit of faith, to maintain a spirit of faith. Paul said, that's what we have is the same Spirit of faith. So you could say the principles of faith are taught, but the spirit of faith is caught. So you could say Timothy caught it from Paul. Amen. You could say that Joshua caught it from Moses. The spirit of faith. I mean, you can look in Hebrews 11 and the faith chapter, and it says, by faith. Twenty times in one chapter, by faith. If you'll study each one of those instances, there's not any perfect people in Hebrews 11. <laughs> if you look at all of them, you're like, I know they had a problem. I know they had a problem, and you wonder how did they get in Hebrews 11. So look at somebody and say, you got a chance. So, <laughs> so <laughs> spirit of faith does not necessarily just work for perfect people or people who've never had any mistakes or made any problems. Actually, all of them in Hebrews 11, all of them had flaws. All of them had defects. But at a time in their life, they, by faith, by faith, by faith. So one translation says, by an act of faith, And there's really only one that it says through faith, but 20 times it says by faith, Noah, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Joshua, by faith, David, by faith, by faith, 20 times by faith. So if you're asking the Lord, say, Lord, how am I ever going to do your will? How am I ever going to receive from you? How am I ever going to overcome the situation? He's going to tell you what? By By faith, by faith, by faith. So it becomes critical that you and I understand faith and how faith works. You can know a lot of sermons and not necessarily live by faith or even understand how faith works. So Dad Hagen said the Lord told him, go teach my people faith. So he taught on it. I was 17. My dad was a pastor. My grandpa was a pastor, spirit-filled pastors, And I knew a lot of the Bible stories, but I just did not know how faith works. I did not know how to live by faith. And so when Dad Hagan taught on the subject of faith, I thought, "All right, Amen. This is how faith works. So Dad Hagan would say, "The door to the supernatural swings on two hinges: I believe and I speak." So if you're getting tired of natural results, you want supernatural results, then the spirit of faith opens the door to the supernatural. Yes, I believe I speak. I believe I speak. I believe I speak. And it opens the door to the supernatural. So then Dad Hagen said, many people are looking for, looking for the miraculous. Oh, they're looking for things that are what? They're looking for something that's extraordinary, miraculous. And he said, and they miss the supernatural. So the door to the supernatural opens by just believing and speaking, not necessarily how you feel or not some extravagant wild thing happening. You just believe and speak and you open the door to the supernatural. Amen. 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 So that's the way Dad Hagen explained it, I believe and I speak. And that's the way the Apostle Paul said the spirit of faith works. So how many think Paul had a spirit of faith? He said, I got it. I got the same thing that David had. So he's quoting from Psalms 116 where David said, the psalmist David said, I believe and therefore have I spoken. I believe and therefore have I spoken. When is he saying that? In a time of great affliction, I refuse to be silent. All right, come on, let's try it again. In a time of great affliction or great adversity, I believe Hallelujah. and I speak. I think sometimes you should add, I still believe and I still speak. Amen. Because the devil can't shut your mouth. Come on. If he can't shut your mouth, he can't stop your miracle. I said if the devil can't shut your mouth, he cannot stop your miracle. So I believe and I speak. So the example I always use is in Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Acts 16, 25 is where Paul and Silas were in prison and at midnight, the Bible says, in the deepest, darkest part of the prison. And at midnight, what had happened? Their backs are bleeding. Their hands are bound. Their feet are bound. They're in the deepest part of the prison. And at midnight, what happened? It says they prayed and sang praises to God. And it says, and the prisoners heard them. So this was not a silent praise meeting. Yeah. Yeah. It said the prisoners heard them and they're in their cell at midnight, praising God, lifting their voice, praising God. Anybody want to know what happened? The power of God. Yeah. Come on. All right, let's try this out. Of- I said, How many of y'all believe in the power of God? The power of God yeah. came down on that prison and shook the whole prison, all the doors came open, their chains fell off, their bonds fell off, and they walked out free. Not only did they walk out free, but everybody walked out free. (laughs) So I thought, when I get to heaven, I'd like to check out that video. How many think you can check out videos when you get to heaven? I mean, any story in the Bible, you say, well, one of my favorites, I'd like to check out when, when Joshua commanded the sun to stand still, I thought, I'd like to check out that video. You know, they're in the middle of a fight, you know. And, you know I, I mean a real fight, like with swords and stuff and people's heads flying off, you know, and legs and stuff like that. And they're in the middle of a fight. <laughs> the sun starts going down. And Joshua commanded the sun to stand still. For almost a whole day. <laughs> what gave him the audacity to even think that was available? And it says, and the Lord hearkened to the voice of a man like he had never done before in history, and the earth stopped rotating on its axis. I had a preacher friend said, Axel. But anyway, so if you're a mechanic, that'll work for you. But the earth stopped rotating on its axis, and the sun didn't go down for almost a whole day. Why? Joshua said, I would like to finish this fight today. Amen. It gives you a little glimpse of the possibilities yeah. of a man or a woman, come on, that has faith in God. So imagine Paul and Silas in prison, and at midnight, they lifted their voice and began to sing praises to God. So I thought, well, Paul and Silas could say something like, well, Mr. Devil, looks like you did good. You beat me up. My back's bleeding. I'm in pain. My hands are bound. Feet are bound. I'm embarrassed. But, Devil, you made one mistake. Boy, devil, you made one mistake. I'm telling you, your biggest mistake is you should have taped my mouth shut. Because as long as I can move my mouth, I can move a mountain if I can just get my mouth moving. So they refused to be silent, and at midnight, lifted their voice to God, began to sing praises to God, and the power of God came down and shook the whole prison. All the doors came open. How many believe God's the same today? Amen. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. So that's when the Lord said to me, your voice is your address in the realm of the Spirit. In other words, the power of God came down right to their address. Wouldn't that have been bad if they would have been praising God and they heard there's a prison break on the other side of town and they would have said, Lord, you missed. But... Uh, God don't miss. I mean, In other words, your voice is your address. You need to hear your pastor's voice, but your mountain needs to hear your voice. In other words, you have to use your authority and use your voice as a believer and the spirit of faith, I believe and I speak. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So maintaining the spirit of faith in the face of adversity Amen? And so Paul, with the spirit of faith, I like to say it's more than just a formula. The spirit of faith is a fire. And you can tell when people's on fire. It's just hard to be still when you're on fire. It's even hard to act normal when you're on fire. Amen? And so the spirit of faith is connected to the Word or to revelation knowledge. And it is that revelation, knowledge of the Word that the psalmist David said in Psalms 18, the Lord will light my candle. Then I can run through a troop, leap over a wall, chase my enemies down, trample them underneath my feet, and they will never rise again. Come on. Yeah. Or the spirit of faith will give you an attitude. Let's, let's, let's work on your attitude. How many of you got kids? Amen. We're going to have a little attitude check here. You've got to work on your kids' attitudes. What's going on with you? I can tell we've got an attitude problem. You know, people can sit with an attitude. <laughs> Nobody in here. But people can, can walk with an attitude. <laughs> but the spirit of faith, if it does not affect your attitude, it will not affect your life. Yeah. So the spirit of faith is, is like you get lit with an attitude that all things are possible if I can believe God. So he said, the Lord will light my candle. I can run through a troop, jump over a wall. So you got to get lit. (laughs) Otherwise, I've been to what I call the first flat face church where the people ran at the wall and didn't get over the wall. And that's why they're looking that way I don't know about all that possibility stuff, you know. It ain't working out for me. Well, you got to get lit first with the word. Come on. Yeah. Revelation, knowledge of the word. The Lord will light my candle. Then I can run through the troop. Now I can get over the wall. In other words, whatever has limited my life up to this point, I have a spirit of faith and. All things are possible. There's no limitations for me. I believe God. I'm just going to take the limits off of God. Let God be God. Hallelujah. I can get anywhere. My, dad, my daddy would preach. Little town, West Columbia, Texas, one traffic light in town. And my daddy would preach and, whoo, you could see when he got lit and he would, he would point out the back of the church and he'd say, you can get anywhere in the world from that traffic light right there. And we were like, really? (laughs) Because, you know, you spend your life driving the Dairy Queen and back, you know, like that. You're from a little town, you know. But when you believe God, you can get anywhere in the world from that one traffic light you got in town if you will dare to believe God. But let's stop for a second. You can get anywhere in the world if you can believe God from where you are right now if you will dare to believe God. All things are possible. So I'm lit with the possibility. Amen. Go ahead and laugh for a minute. When <laughs> I said to work on your attitude, you bit, I mean, work on your attitude, I'm mean, So Smith Wigglesworth said, Faith laughs at impossibility. Hmm. So I want you to pick out three things that look impossible. And just laugh about it. It may be somebody sitting next to you. Don't tell them. In other words, the devil may say, "They ain't never going to change. That ain't never going to change. That's always going to be there. Come on. You'll never be able to have that. That'll never. You might as well just settle down where you're at or get in your comfort zone. But the spirit of faith says, I believe my best days are still ahead of me. I believe the best miracles have not even happened yet. Come on. I believe God. Come on. So somebody asked Norman Vincent Peale when he was 80 years old, what was the 10 best years of your life? And he said, I hadn't lived them yet. <laughs> God, let's try this out. Some of, y'all, some of y'all gave up at 30 or 40. How many believe the 10 best years of your life, you yeah. hadn't lived them yet? Yeah. Come on. Because God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can i Time lit with the spirit of faith. Now, go ahead and laugh at impossibilities. <laughs> Let's try the front row here. I said, laugh at impossibilities. Come on, pick out three things that look impossible right now. This looks impossible. That can never happen. Come on, you can never have that. You'll never get there. You'll never overcome that. Come on, you just go, ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. I believe
1: God. Woo!
0: Hallelujah. Just, uh, I think I only laughed about one thing. Right. Let's go for three things, all right? Two things, okay? Come on, think about it. All right. <laughs> you say, what are you thinking about? None of your business. Ha ha ha.
1: really (laughs) come on
0: if you can dream it God can do it come on if you can believe all things are possible so you should take some time every day and just have a faith dream going on in your mind woo! I can run through a troop jump over a wall and then he said chase my enemies down and trample them underneath my feet. And they will never rise again. Man, this guy's got an attitude, don't he? He's like, how many like to be like in a fight with David on your side? He's like, I am going to tear you up. <laughs> this guy didn't have no <laughs> have no little panties on, I'm telling you. This guy... When he danced, I mean, he, he was dancing like a wild man. Amen. <laughs> Spirit of faith. Oh, you had leotards? Okay, he don't have no leotards. <laughs> well, he didn't have no panties anymore. Or well, men's underwear, I suppose. So. So guess who else made it in Hebrews 11? Well, Samson made it in Hebrews 11. <laughs> You're like, what's he done in there? The Holy Spirit put him in Hebrews 11. You're like, some people wouldn't let him be in their church. You're like, no, no, we've, you've had problems, so we'd rather not have you in our church. <laughs> Samson, look at Samson's attitude. In you know, the spirit of faith, Samson It says that he would go to the enemy's camp and just start a fight. I like that. He's like, I believe we're just going to come over there and whoop some people now. Just, they didn't do nothing, but I'm fixing to whoop them. Uh, he just go over there and start a fight. So I said, well, it says the Holy Spirit moved him to do that. It says the Spirit of God moved him to go to the enemy's camp and just start tearing up stuff. I said, well, why would the Holy Spirit move him to go to the enemy's camp and tear up stuff? The Lord said, because many times the enemy is living on property that don't belong to him. Let's try this again. Uh, Come on, sometimes the enemy's living on property that don't belong to him, and the spirit of faith will stir you up so you can possess that land that that don't belong to you. So Samson would go in there and just, bam. I don't know if he lifted weights or not, but he's a rough guy. So the spirit of faith is not for sissies. Matter of fact, if you don't like to fight, you won't even enjoy living by faith. Because there's a fight to faith. I, I actually always enjoy fighting. <laughs> I mean, I grew up fighting. I you an know, older brother. I was, every day I'm going to fight my older brother and his friend. I'm a younger brother. We had fights every day. So we fight so much, my daddy went and bought boxing gloves so that we could get out there and fight and put a water hose, you know, for the ring. And we're just out there just knocking each other down and knocking each other out. And, and uh, But with me, I mean, I was a little bit smaller, so they'd knock me down. I'd just get up and say, you better not go to sleep. I will kill you if you go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fixing to get me an equalizer. So so <laughs> I had, a, I had an attitude. I might be smaller than you, but I am crazy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know how I got into all that. All right. So, the spirit of faith. <laughs> Amen. So, even David's mighty men had the same kind of an attitude. Yeah, that's right. David's mighty men. Same kind. He had 400 Mighty men that came to him distressed, discontent, and in debt. But after they hung out with David, David took an offering, and they must have given $50 million each. Took $2.5 billion. An offering, 1 Chronicles 29, and that's David's mighty men. And then it tells you the stuff they did, David's mighty men. (laughs) These guys are some rough guys, right? Amen. One of my favorites is the one that just uh, said, that. here comes the enemy to get this guy Get this guy's field of beans, you know. He came to get his beans. I was reading that, you know, I thought, this guy says he stood in the middle of the beans. Sword in his hand said, you ain't getting my beans. (laughs) And it said everybody else ran off. Everybody else ran off, and he stood in the middle of the beans, and he fought them until he won, and he kept his beans. So I read that, and I said, Lord, that's a little bit irrational. You know, everybody else ran, and he's fighting over the beans. You can get more beans. Why don't he just run off, you know, and go back and plant some more beans later? But no, he's fought over the beans. He said, you're getting my beans. I said, Lord, why is he fighting over the beans? The Lord said, because if you let the enemy have your beans, then he's coming after your burrito, your taco, your whole Mexican dinner. In other words, don't let the devil have your beans. If he gets your beans, he's coming after everything else you got. How I many of you know you got to fight the enemy right at the onset when he comes against your mind or he comes against your life and say, you ain't getting my being. You ain't getting my money. You ain't getting my health. You ain't getting my family. You ain't getting my children. You ain't getting my grandchildren. You ain't getting my nation. You ain't getting my generation. Come on. I have a spirit of faith. Faith in God and faith in the blood of Jesus. Woo. Right, yeah. So some people, you got to stir them up That's right. yeah. just so they're ready to fight. Right. Now, In high school, I played football. Our football team was undefeated for four years. So we could pretty much plan on winning. Everywhere we went, we planned on winning. We tied one game, and all the guys on the bus started crying. I can't <laughs> believe we tied a game. They said that's like kissing your sister. <laughs> okay. we, we, game. we come over here to, you know, like Nacho Libre. We want to win. <laughs> <laughs> we come over here to win. <laughs> now, I was on the offensive line. I was a guard, but we had some running backs that went all the way to the NFL from that little town. Played Philadelphia Eagles. We had some tremendous running backs. So all I had to do is block, you know. I blocked and I watch it run back. He'd be down down the field, man. He was so fast. And so before the game would start, we'd get out on the field before the game started. You could actually get hurt just in the warmups because you before the game and you just hit each other right in the head. You just like. We ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? And you grab him and go bam and bam and start hitting each other. Bam. Are you ready yet? Don't wait till the halftime to start playing. Let's play in the first quarter. Hallelujah. Come on, some of y'all waiting. What you waiting on? Come on. Get the ready right now in the first quarter. Say, devil, take your hands off my property in the name of Jesus. So that means you've got a spirit of faith. Praise the Lord. You've got an attitude. Amen. Amen. We're not just kind of just living here waiting to go to heaven. We are possessing the land. Amen. (laughs) Woo! So he says, that's what we have. We're not the smartest. Don't look around right now. So we may not be the smartest. (laughs) We may not be the cutest. Come on. (laughs) We may not be the most talented but we got an ingredient called the spirit of faith, and as long as we maintain that spirit of faith, we can get anywhere we need to go from right there. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, which means God has not given me a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind. Come on. God will give you boldness in the face of every adversity and you will not be silent but lift up your voice and declare I'm well able to possess the land. Hallelujah. Come on. No matter what it looks like somebody else has, but I know what I got. I got a spirit of faith. I got it. I have it. I'm not arrogant talking about it. I believe God. I believe and I speak. Hallelujah. I said I believe and I speak. Come on, I'm not afraid of every little stinking thing going on in this world. God. have faith in God. Woo. I like what I heard Brother Copeland say. He said the devil kill you with a hangnail if he thought he could get away with it. You know what I mean? Because one time he he said one time he was up in Arkansas, and what happened was he got a tick, you know, on the back of his neck back there. He couldn't see it, you know, and so he's like rubbing back there, and there's kind of a bump back there, and he's like, "Wonder what that is." He had a, he didn't know what it was. He's like, "Wonder what that is," and the thought came to his mind that might be cancer. You know, it's, you got a growth coming up on your neck. You might have cancer back there. And he like, sort of "Well." Well, I don't know. So he said, he said, Gloria, Gloria, come over here. Gloria, look at that. What is that on my neck? She said, that's a tick, Kenneth. We're going to get the tick off of you. <laughs> Listen, the devil kill you with a tick if he thought he could get away with it. Make you think you're dying with something and you got all kinds of junk going on. You stand up to the devil and he'll run from you. Yeah. Every fear, yeah. every anxiety. Yeah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I, I receive it. I believe it. I have it. Yeah. Woo. Right, he said, that's what we have. We have. <laughs> you know, Abraham Lincoln, I, li- I like to read after some of his quotes. And he said, he said, there was a guy in his village that had a little dog that could whip all the big dogs. And everybody knew that guy's little dog would whip all the big dogs. You know, if you live in a country, you just can't have the neighbor's dog coming over whooping your dog. You're not trying to whip theirs, but you don't want theirs coming over whooping yours. (laughs) I live a little out in the country, so forgive me. (laughs) So no more. I, I, I don't have any dogs now, but. I bought this Sharpe dog, you know, Shar-Pei. That's a wrinkle dog. It's really the, its a Chinese fighting dog, is what it is. Sharpei was actually bred to fight. That's why they have all the wrinkles. So if another dog goes for their neck, they've got all that skin, and so that skin stretches out, and the dog can't get their neck. So the dog grabs that skin, and then they grab the dog by the neck and kill him. So uh, I bought me one of them. <laughs> no neighbor dog came over no neighbor dog come over to mess with my dog. But I did have a problem with my dog because he went down the road and killed my neighbor's cat. That was not good. Really bad. But he also damaged the other cat and I had to pay for repairs. I mean, if he'd just kill the other cat, I mean, but, but he just damaged it so they had to go get surgery on the <laughs> other cat. So I love dogs. Don't know, love a lot of cats. I mean, I mean, like if you were raising money for dogs, I would pitch in. But for cats, I don't. I probably wouldn't give it. <laughs> <Amen. laughs> <Cats.
1: laughs>
0: but, but recently, my little granddaughter wanted a cat, so we now have an outdoor cat. No indoor, outdoor cat. His name is what's my dog? My cat's name is uh, Max. So Max guards the yard. <laughs> so we go walking you know in the evenings to try to get some exercise for, for old people you know. So we go walking around the driveway and Max you know he walks with us as my little outdoor cat. So I'm real nice to Max. Anyway but don't care generally for, for cats but dogs. So Abraham Lincoln said his neighbor had a little dog whip all the big dog. So they ask him, how does your little dog whip all the big dogs? And the guy said, because your big dog ain't ready to fight until the fight is half over. He said, but my little dog stays mad. (laughs) I, I feel like slapping somebody right now. Come on, some of y'all ain't even ready to fight till the fight's half over. Some of you need to stir yourself up and stay mad. Come on, let let the devil run over you. You say, I have a spirit of faith, man. Praise the Lord. Come on, my expectation is on high. The spirit of faith, I believe, the attitude of faith, I speak is the initial act of faith. Let's try it one more time. I believe, that's the attitude of faith, I speak, which is the initial act of faith. Spirit of faith. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That means this. If your faith is not strong enough to move your mouth, it'll never move a mouth. Turn turn to Mark 11, 23. Let me finish up with this. Your faith must be strong enough to move your mouth. Or here's the way the Lord said it to me He said, Your mountain needs to hear your voice. Right. Or, write this down, the authority of the believer is not just available, it is necessary. Wow. Now, why do you say it that way? Because the first time I heard teaching. Of Jesus on the authority of the believer, from Mark eleven twenty three. First time I heard that, I was just a teenager, and I heard Dad Hagen teach on that. And Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty three. Y'all know what He said? Mark eleven twenty two. He said, "What? Have faith in God." Now, what did He say in verse twenty three? Jesus said in verse twenty three that whosoever. I know y'all know this verse. That's why I'm taking my time. Amen. I ain't no hurry. Whosoever shall say. So the first thing Jesus said about faith is the speaking part. In Mark eleven twenty three, 23, the last thing he said about faith is the speaking part. The middle thing he said about faith is the saying part. So Jesus mentioned the saying part three times and the believing part only once. But if you were to ask most people what faith is or how faith works, boy, praise the Lord! I don't know why, but tonight I just feel ornery. Hallelujah! You ever feel ornery? You just like you just want to slap somebody. You're like, uh, in other words, my my little brother, our neighborhood, you know, we'd have fights in my neighborhood. My little brother. He went on and played high school. He went on uh, college on a scholarship. He was a, a tackle. He was this big, strong guy. And he was naturally strong when he was young. But the neighborhood kid would come over here and just push him around, come over to our house, push him around. And I, I, I get him in the house. I say, Bobby, now I'm your older brother. Now I can go whip that kid for you. But I'm going to tell you this. You can whip that kid yourself. And if, if I see you letting him whip you again, I'm going to whoop you. <laughs> <laughs> if that kid comes over here and pushes you around again, because you are big enough to whoop him, you understand? So the next time he pushes you, I want you push back. You say, not in my yard. Get out of my yard. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like slapping somebody right now just say it. <laughs> You have what it takes, come on, and you let the enemy push you around in your house, come on, in your own life with thoughts, come on, and fears and all kinds of stuff, and you have to resist him. God will not resist him for you. You stand up to the devil, and he will run from you. You resist fear just like you're resisting the devil. Man, all right, let's get back to this. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you, you really can't even have an attitude of faith if you don't get stirred up a little bit. Because the enemy will not only bring fear and torment, but he'll try to lower your expectation on your life. And you say, well, you'll never get there. You'll never have that. you, you say, but... But I have a spirit of faith. You're talking to the wrong person here. Yeah. Because we're just taking the limits off of God right now. Amen. God's able to do exceeding abundantly above all I can ask a thing. But it's going to have to happen by faith. Let's try it again. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. Let's try it. By faith, 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 by faith. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, one through faith. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. 20 times. Come on, when you going to use your faith? Use your faith like a weapon. Come on now and start slinging blood everywhere. I plead the blood of Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. Come on, no no whiny stuff. Come on, no whiny. Just whiny. Just whiny voice. Sometimes even people, they'll speak the word with a whiny little voice. Just a little whiny. You'll say, don't do that. Say I can do all things. They go, eh, in the all things through crime. Don't be whiny about it. Come on, get a little attitude in your voice. Come on, get a little boldness in your voice. I can do all things through Christ. Now, not if you're a woman, but anyway. But (laughs) since a man (laughs) says, we got enough trouble with that already. But if you're a man, I can do all
1: (laughs) 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 things. All right, Mark 11, 23.
0: (laughs) I haven't seen you in a long time, so I'm going to preach to you for just a minute that COVID stuff—it didn't bother me. That COVID stuff, man. I tell you, I just go out and smile at everybody, show my teeth and everything. Right? <laughs> it tried to get on me a couple times. But I slapped the fire out of that. I said, "Get you! <laughs> hey, you get the hell out of my you body, amen." I, I ain't having that hell in my body. <laughs> that ain't cussing. That's that's a real place. Hell. So you get that hell out of my body. I grew up in church, you know, so my mama, she didn't let us say no bad words. Not even slang for bad words. I mean, you couldn't even say darn. Because that stood for the other word. You couldn't say dang. You couldn't even say duh. I mean, you can't say nothing that sounds like the other word. You had a good mama. I had a good mama, boy. She don't talk no trash. Uh, one time I was in the car. Me, and my older brother was fighting because there's four of us in the back seat. My daddy, my daddy. I mean, I've had a daddy that he could, that hand could come from the front seat, bam, and nail you right on your head, man. Bam, hit you upside the head. Here it comes, boy. You better. <laughs> your daddy'd say something like, "I'll stop this car right now." You don't think I'll stop this car? I'll stop this car. I pull over and I whoop every one of you. <laughs> so me and my older brother was kind of fighting one time, and so I called him a jackass. <laughs> my mama said, "What'd you say?" I said, "Nothing." I said, "You know." <laughs> I said, "I said like jackass." I said, uh, that "Dumb ass." I said, "That's in the Bible, dumb ass. It's in the Bible." I said, "It's in the Bible." And, and I've seen a few people that qualified. So I said, dumb, that's in the Bible. <laughs> you dumbass. I said, what would you say? I said, I didn't say nothing. My brother said, here's what he said. So she took me in the house and got a bar of soap. And she stick that bar in my mouth. Wet bar of soap. Then she got a toothbrush, and she scrubbed it under the water soap, and she made me brush my teeth with that soap. To this day, if I smell that kind of soap, (laughs) my tongue (laughs) out. So don't be talking like that. But (laughs) (laughs) praise the Lord. We're not fighting people. We're not in a people fight. Once you get in a people fight, you're really in the wrong fight. We don't wrestle with people. But to fight the good fight of faith, it still is a fight. I said it's still a fight. Amen. 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 So when Jesus said, here's how faith works, have faith in God. Whosoever, 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 I was waiting to see if they were going to put it up here, whosoever, whosoever, come on, look at somebody and say, you sure look like a whosoever. When he said whosoever, (laughs) he's like, I like to say the Lord has a reputation working with some real losers and making them champions. Don't look around right now, but there's some real losers in here. (laughs) We don't want to know all about it either. So, whosoever. He said, anybody can do this. Anybody can do
1: this.
0: Shall say unto this mountain, be removed cast sea, shall not down in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith that come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So he begins with what? Whosoever. And he ends with what? Whatsoever. Whosoever, whosoever shall have whatsoever. Whosoever shall have whatsoever. So, I was 17 years old when I first heard that. When I was 17, I went, did he say that? Whosoever shall have whatsoever, I thought. <laughs> Whosoever should have whatsoever though. What? Well, I, I was kind of like that uh, Far Side comic book you ever see one of those years ago? Far Side, you know, and it's got this 747 jet taken off and, and a frog stuck on the bottom of it with his tongue on there. <laughs> so you kind of have to come up with your own. So, what, what you can imagine, what that frog was thinking. He was saying, if I can catch that bug, I will never lack for bugs the rest of my life. (laughs) And he's just hanging on the bottom of 747 with his tongue. (laughs) So when I heard Mark 11, 23, as as a teenager, I went, now if I can catch that one right there, I'll never lack for nothing the rest of my life. Let's try it again. I said, if I can understand how faith in God works, I'll never lack for nothing the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And most people don't realize that Jesus was not just a healer, he was a teacher. (laughs) He was a teacher. So a lot of times people, they come to be healed, but it says they came to hear and be healed. But a lot of times people just want to be healed. So T.L. Osborne would say this, he would say, some of you are waiting for me to quit teaching so you can get your healing, and I'm waiting on you to get your healing so I can quit teaching. <coughs> In other words, while he was teaching, the Word, bam, hit them, and they went, changed my whole world. I do believe the Word of God can change your whole world. just change changed my whole world. Changed my whole world. Listen, I had friends, 17 years old, that's one ones that took me to jail. I went to jail. My friends, we got arrested. My friends, they're using LSD, come on, marijuana. They're drinking uh, vodka, whiskey, come on. Immediately I said, excuse me, I got something better than that. I got a whosoever and a whatsoever from Jesus. So I don't need none of that other stuff. So you, you just keep that stuff. I'm going to follow Jesus. I just want to follow Jesus. He's the only one that loved me. He gave his life for me. His blood cleansed me from sin. He set me free. I just decided I'm going to follow Jesus. Come on. Amen. I left all of them. Absolutely. Amen. They said, well, what are you going to do? I said, if you want to see me, i see you in church on the first rope. I mean, I I got so radical, it scared my mother. She's like, what has happened to Mark? (laughs) I got a spirit of faith. God wants the best for me. Amen. Amen. Whosoever shall have whatsoever. Whosoever shall have whatsoever. So imagine this commercial on TV. They're going to advertise something. And they say this, this will work for whosoever, and it'll work on whatsoever. How many of you'd order it? You'd say, "I'd like to have three bottles right now." In other words, this will work for anybody, and it'll work on anything. Yes. Let's try this out of here. On. Come on, your faith in God. Come on, will work for anybody, and it'll work on. Absolutely anything. <laughs> I said it'll work on anything. Imagine Jesus saying, I'm going to give you something that if you learn how to use this, I'm going to give you some of it. And you're like, So what am I supposed to do with it? He said, Just about anything you want to. It's the same stuff we created the world with. I I made the world with this. I'm going to give you some of it. Oh, people just think of their faith. They just think, of, well, praise the Lord, one day I'm going to go to heaven and my faith saved me from sin. But your faith can do so much more. I said your faith can do so much more than just barely gets you into heaven. Your faith in God opens the door of the supernatural, makes all things possible to them that believe. Woo! Praise, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we take our kids on a vacation every, every year. We usually take them down to, uh, to the beach in Florida, uh, a death center, that area. And we rent a big house. All the kids, all the grandkids, we all stay in big house. And then we go to the beach every day. But they don't get to go to the beach until Poppy talks to them for one hour. So for one hour I make all the kids and grandkids sit at a table and Poppy, I'm going to teach them for one hour. Wow. So Trina gives them all a little notebook and a pen. Whoever takes the best notes gets $100. God's a rewarder. So at the end of the week, I check all their notes. They have some outstanding, amazing notes and details. And so I give all of them $100. God's a rewarder. Because I want my grandson, my granddaughter, if you don't understand anything else, then you need to understand how to have faith in God. I want you to understand how this works because the devil will challenge you. But you have authority over the devil that Jesus said not only will mountains be removed, but when you resist the devil, he will run from you. He's actually afraid of you. He's not just afraid of you. He's afraid of your faith in God. When you have faith in God, demons are scared of you. When you get up in the morning, they go, hey, he's up, he's up. Yeah. So what do you have? Oh, you know, I'm real talented. No, no, your faith. Your faith in God, in the blood, in the word. Amen. So teaching them how to have faith. All right, so go to Mark 11, 23, and I'll try to close with this. Praise the Lord. Whosoever. So write this down. This is a quote. From Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth. you ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth? That's kind of a funny name, isn't it? Wigglesworth. So Smith Wigglesworth from England, and here's what he said. He's got a book called Ever Increasing Faith. So his book, Smith Wigglesworth said, Any person can be changed by faith no matter how they may be fettered. The word fettered is an old English word for bound. Any person can be changed by faith no matter how they may be bound. That means the devil cannot make a bondage that your faith cannot break off of you. Anybody Whoo! No matter what is limited or bounds you, your faith in God, your faith, come on, that's why you're challenged in that area and doubt and reasoning come in and worry and anxiety come into your mind to make you question and doubt God. You know, Jesus only marveled twice in the whole New Testament. He only marveled twice. Wow. I was reading that thought. He marveled. It said he marveled. Yeah. He only marveled twice. I thought, why didn't he marvel more? Well, he's been around forever and he actually made everything, so you don't marvel that much. <laughs> but he marveled, number one, at their unbelief. Mark chapter six. And then he marveled in Matthew chapter eight when the centurion said, Speak the word only, and my <laughs> servants shall be healed. Well, somebody ought to just get high right now. I say, Man. Praise the Lord. Amen. I mean, years ago we had a president that said he smoked marijuana, but he did not inhale. (laughs) How many of y'all remember that president? I thought, how did he do that? He must have like had a marijuana and he he just held it in his mouth, you know, and blew it out. He did not inhale. I thought everybody else in his group, you know, they're breathing, inhaling, getting high, and he just like, he blows it out. I just laughed. I thought he smoked marijuana. He did not inhale. I said that happens in church all the time. You're preaching to people. Some people go praise the Lord. They blow it right out. Other people they breathe, they breathe in. They go glory to our God. All things are possible. And I believe I'm about to lose my mind. Get the mind of Christ. <laughs> Most valuable thing in your life is spirit of faith, because once your faith is challenged, you have no other way to get out of your situation. Amen. Come on, I said once you get weak in faith, our unbelief sneaks in. You're stuck, man. But if you have faith in God, and how's it work? I believe, and I speak. Yes. Amen. So Jesus said say whosoever. He'll have whatsoever he said. Believe once. So Dad Hagen said the Lord told him, you'll have to do three times. I won't do it all tonight in case you're wondering. (laughs) Dad Hagen said the Lord told him, you'll have to do three times more teaching on the saying part than you do on the believing part or most people will never get it. He said, matter of fact, the saying part is so important that you can actually school yourself into faith with your own words. Or you could take God's word, put it in your mouth, and I call that mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. You can take God's word, put it in your mouth, and inhale the faith of God. Woo, I said, I got a measure of the God kind of faith. I have a spirit of faith. I believe and I speak. Yes. Or, the Lord said to me, this authority that you have as a believer is not just something that's available for you, it is actually necessary. Amen. Yes. In other words, when you understand the authority of the believer, you'll understand that if you don't do something about that mountain, nothing will be done. Yep. Absolutely. Well, let's try this side over here. Come on. He said, you say to the mountain. God didn't say, don't worry about the mountain, I'll take care of it for you. No. He said, you say to the mountain. Come on, say, Mr. Mountain, I'm talking to you. Mountain. Anything that looks impossible. Anything that looks too big for you. Mountain. You be removed. Woo! Cast into the sea. Come on. 35 years ago, Trina diagnosed with a brain tumor. I said, Mr. Tumor, let me talk to you. You be removed and cast into the sea and don't you ever come back in the name of Jesus. Come on, let the nurses think whatever they want to think. Come on, but the doctors can't do nothing about it. But I got another doctor working on the case. I got God working on my case. Mr. Tumor, I'm telling you, you have to be removed. Woo! Thirty-five years ago, boom, and it ain't come back. Furthermore, the Lord said, and there'll be no evidence it was ever there. Whoa, come on. How many believe the scenery could change and there'll be no evidence you ever had that problem? Come on, a year from now, by faith in God, faith in the blood of Jesus. And the great thing about your faith is you can just feed it on the Word. And get so strong in faith. Woo! (laughs) Get strong in faith. Praise the Lord, that whosoever shall have whatsoever. Now, uh, who has said this? I don't know who said it, but they said, it is your faith or your confession or your words that builds the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. The Lord. So while I'm speaking and I'm saying, yes. my words agreeing with God and I'm saying, Somebody said, well, sure don't look like anything's changing. I said, excuse me, I'm working on the road. Uh, on. How many ever had somebody build a highway close to your house? How long did it take them? <laughs> About five years. In other words, they, they made a career out of that one highway. What were they doing? They got to tear out the trees. Come on out. They got to... Say, I'm working on the road. Wow. What happens if you ever quit working on the road? Come on. God can't get nothing to your house. Come on, except a, a moped with a package of shrimp on the back. I mean, <laughs> come on, you ought to build a highway. Come on, build a four-lane highway. What are you expecting? I'm expecting, come on, an 18-wheeler coming from God that's delivering some stuff that is beyond what I could do naturally because I have faith in God. I believe and I speak. I say, and Jesus said, you have what you say. Now, he's a preacher, but he's not like this preacher, and he's a preacher. But I had this uh, preacher come to one of my meetings, and after I preached on this for like three days, he said to me, he said, can you tell me why Mark 11, 23 don't work for me? I looked at him like, I'm like, I said, "What did you say?" He said, "I want to know why Mark eleven twenty three don't work for me." I said, uh, "What did you say?" He said, "I said I want to know why Mark eleven twenty three don't work for me." <laughs> so you talking to me like I'm stupid, huh? So I'm fixing to talk right back to you like you stupid. So I got real loud. I said, what did you say? He said, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Joshua and Caleb said, we are well able to possess the land. The other 10 spies said, we are not able to possess the land. Who got what they said? Everybody involved. <laughs> oh, we have located the problem. It is right underneath your nose. <laughs> Spirit of faith, I believe. And I speak. Hallelujah. Did y'all learn anything tonight? Praise yeah. the Lord. Come on, I have. Come on, everybody say, I have. I know what I got. I know what I got. I'm not proud. I'm not arrogant. But I know what I have. I have the same spirit of faith. I believe and I speak and mountains have to move. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. So, Dad Hagin said, you can school yourself into faith with your own words. Praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and thank God. Lord, we thank you for your words. Thank you, Lord. He said, all things, whosoever shall have whatsoever, all things, all things are possible when we dare to believe. We dare to believe. We fight the good fight of faith. We have an attitude of faith, an attitude of expectation. We have an attitude. Thank you, Father God. We'll not be passive. We'll not be in the neutral zone. Uh, We are aggressive. We're pressing. We press for those things that are ahead. We dare to believe God. We dare to speak the Word of God. Our Our best miracles have never happened yet. Best blessings have not happened yet. Come on, the next 12 months of our life, we're pressing for new things and new doors and new opportunities and new territory like we've never seen before. We're pressing as long as we can breathe. We're pressing for new territory. Woo! Come on, give the Lord a little woo! Say, Lord. Woo! Come on, I'm the devil's worst nightmare, I'll guarantee you. I believe God. I believe the Word of God. I have faith in God. I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. I believe and I speak. I will not be silent. I will not be quiet. I'm going to get louder every day. I believe and I speak. And I have what I say. Now laugh about it. Say ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha.
1: Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha.
0: ha. Woo! Ha, 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 ha. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo! Come on, say something. Say something. Say something about your body, about your health. Say something about your money, your finances, your job. Say something that God says. Lift your voice. Mountains and hindrances have to get out of the way. I believe God. Woo! I have. I am lit right now. I can run through a troop. I can jump over a wall. Whoo! The next 12 months. Woo! I'm going to new territory. Ha, ha, ha. I laugh at impossibilities. Ha, ha, ha. Come on, talk to the mountain. Say, you got, you got to move, mountain. You got to get out of the way. You cannot stay there. You got to move. Come on, talk to the giants. Come on, you're a giant killer. Say, giant, come on, you're going to die today. Your, your day is over. Come on, your dominion is over. Jesus is my Lord. I'm washed in his blood. Ha, ha, Well, laugh for a few minutes. Hey, ha! 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 Woo! Ha, ha! 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 Woo! Come on, your best days are ahead of you. Your best miracles are ahead of you. Glory to God! Woo! I'm pressing. I'm pressing for a new territory. Ha! 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 Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. You need healing in your body. Somebody here is having trouble right here in this area of your stomach, this area of your lower, your chest. You're having trouble right there. Let me pray for you right now. And that pain has to leave your body in the name of Jesus. Anybody like that? Come up here. Come on up here. Actually, you can just sit right there. I'll lay hands on you right there. Anybody else? Anybody else? Having trouble right there? Can you come up here? You would like to come up here? I'll lay hands on you in the name of Jesus. I just saw that probably because you're sitting right there there, is having pressure and having problem right there, in the name of Jesus, and it has to go. Ha ha ha! In the name of Jesus, hallelujah! You sit right next to him. Y'all stretch out your hand towards him right now. In the name, in the name, of the Lord Jesus. Ha uh-huh. ha! From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Your body, your ribs, perfect soundness in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Every bit of pain, gone. In the name of Jesus. (laughs) my body's strong. Praise the Lord. In the name of Jesus. There you go. There's the anointing, the power of God working in your body. The sickness has to go in the name of Jesus. I said it has to go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Woo!
0: Hallelujah. I got something that will work for anybody. And it will work on anything. I was fixing to go to Africa several months ago. And I'd been playing basketball with my grandkids, and they're they're pretty good. And I'm just not as good as I thought I was. (laughs) And I moved a little too fast, too long. And I messed my knee up. It hurt so bad, and I had to go to Africa. And I thought, I'm never going to make to Africa. I can't even walk through an airport. And the Lord said, why don't you just lay hands on your knee and talk to it? I put my hands on there and I said, in the name of Jesus, the life of God, flow in my knee right now. In Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be restored because I saw myself getting surgery and crutches and all that stuff. And maybe getting an extra fake knee or whatever they call them. You know, I have to put a knee in there. What do they call it? A
1: replacement.
0: A replacement. A replacement. Oh, so I got all these pictures, but I found out I just laid my hands on there. And immediately the power of God went into my knee. The pain left. I thought, I should have done that sooner. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So what happened was Dad Hagen laid his hands upon me and Trina. So he said, a tangible anointing, the power of God, so that when you lay hands on people, the contact of your hands Mm. will transmit the anointing. Mm. The anointing is tangible, so you'll feel it when it leaves your body, Mm. and you'll feel it when it goes into them. Mm -hmm. Right? That anointing will heal not only your body. I'm not the healer. Jesus is. The anointing will heal your body, but also it will bring blessing. Amen. Amen. So now it's starting to work right now in him. But I don't know if he needs healing or not, but the, that anointing, that power, is flowing into him. Amen. Your faith activates that power. There's some of it right there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> that's a that's miracle stuff, baby. You. You you can't get that at Walmart, amen. You can't get that at at Target. (laughs) It's it's the anointing, amen. So if you need healing in your body, come on, you got pain in your body, come up here, let me lay hands on you. I'm not the healer, Jesus is. And if you receive that anointing, step right up here, praise the Lord. You'll receive that anointing, praise the Lord. Now, she receives it fast. And she's, she's had some practice. Amen. <laughs> so she'll receive the anointing fast. It's the anointing that does the work. Everybody say, it's the anointing that does the work. When hands are laid upon me, just step up, give me just enough him to walk in front of me. He said, when hands are laid upon me, I believe I receive the anointing. I believe I receive the anointing. It's the anointing that does the work. When I lay hands on you, I won't take my hands off your head until I feel the anointing go out of me. What you do is you just mix faith with that. You just say, Lord, I believe. And I receive. I receive the anointing. I receive my healing in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe I receive the anointing, the power of God. My faith is in God. Thank you, Lord. You're my healer you're my Savior, you forgive all my iniquities, but Lord, you're my healer, you heal all my diseases. All of it. Come on, now just worship him, Lord, I thank you. You're my Savior, you're my
2: healer.
0: Amen. And just receive that anointing. I'll start with this lady here, and I'll go up. Amen. Stretch your hands out towards him, everybody. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, the contact of my hands transmits There it is right there, the anointing. God's healing power to your body. In the name of Jesus, to undo all that Satan has done and to cause a healing and a cure in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Surely you have borne my griefs and my sorrows. Surely you have borne my sicknesses and you carried my diseases. Surely you have borne and lifted off from me. And by your stripes, I'm healed. In the name of Jesus. There's the anointing right there. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. In the name of the Lord Jesus. <laughs> One touch from Jesus one touch of his power and his anointing. That sickness has to go and pain has to go to undo all that Satan has done and to cause a healing and a cure in the name of Jesus. Oh, just let that anointing saturate. Come on, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Jesus, you're my healer. You are the great physician. Woo to undo all that Satan has done. Woo in the name of Jesus from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Ha, ha, ha. Ah, his healing anointing flows in your body. In the name. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Ha, 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 ha. In the name of Jesus. The name that's above every name. Ha, 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 ha. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's your anointing. It's the anointing that does the work. I believe and I receive. Just say that. I believe and I receive the anointing, the power of God. Work in my body, my spirit, my soul, and my body. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There it is right there. Ha, ha, (laughs) ha. Yeah, I receive it right now. I believe. I believe. Are you ready? I believe and I receive it right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Uh, Amen. Amen. I receive that anointing. Lift your hands up and thank God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are my healer praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My body heals. Thank you, Lord. Heal. Praise the Lord. Ha, ha. Now, if whoso